Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Amen, amen, amen. If you love Jesus in this place, come and make him a little bit of noise for King Jesus in this room. I don't know, something different about you today. You're worshiping with everything you've got. You've got a little energy here at 9 a.m. Do you love Jesus in this place? I love that, I love that, I love that. Well, while you're standing, if you don't mind for just a second, I want to read just a, a, a scripture for you. And this is a, the scripture, honestly, this entire series comes from. And this entire series is birthed around this idea of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And it's just a special verse for me now. It's just something that has been on my heart uh, for a while. And, and man, the Lord just really downloaded on my spirit. And I just want to share that with you. And I think it's just a verse that every single week for the next nine weeks that we're together in this series. Yeah, it's a nine-week series. Y'all all right with that? Y'all okay with that? We're going to be together for nine weeks, the longest series we've ever done as a church. But, man, I'm excited about it. And it comes really from this idea of Galatians 6, 9. And this is what Paul writes us in Galatians 6, 9. And when we get to these last four words down here at the, at, at the end, they're underlined. I want you to shout it like, it ain't, like it's your job, all right? You going to do that with me? Everybody okay with that? All right, here we go. Let's read this. I'm going to read it to us. And we get to that last one. I want you to shout it out. So let's not get tired of doing what is good, but at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. One more time. Do not give up. I love that. That's the title. That's where this series come from, comes from. That's where the heart of this message and also just the next nine weeks that we're going to be spending time together, that's where this idea comes from, that you and I will reap a harvest of blessing. If we don't get tired of doing good, at just the right time, we'll reap that if we don't give up. If we don't give up. I don't know what you walk in here with. I don't know what, what you've, your weeks have looked like. I don't know what your family looks like. But I just want to challenge you. And I feel like it's in my spirit right now just to share with you. If you're watching online and you've thought about giving up, you've thought about throwing in the towel on your family or your friends or your, your relationship or your faith even, my heart for you is that you and I, listen, we would listen to the words of Paul and then we'll study the book of Peter together. And you know what? By the end of it, you're going to be able to say, you know what? I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. I'm not saying yes to the things of my flesh. I'm saying yes to the things of God. And I'm believing that for us over these next couple weeks. If y'all can't tell, I'm fired up about this series, all right? So y'all just get ready. But I would love it if we prayed together one more time and you could have a seat. Jesus, we thank you so much for today. We honor you. We love you. Everything's for you. Everything's about you. And we are so thankful that we get the opportunity to worship you and open your word. In Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said. Amen, amen, amen. If you love Jesus as you're having a seat, will you make a little bit of noise in this place for King Jesus? I love that. I love that. I love that. And really quickly, I want to just start out uh, by saying a few things. We'll jump into the message really quickly in just a second. But I would just love to invite you. If you are on the end cap of your row, you will be able to see a basket that's underneath your seat. And I'll just tell you again, we're so thankful uh, for this series. We're so excited about this series. Um, and what we've done in our team, and shout out to AB, she designed 76 pages for us to walk through together over the next nine weeks together. We're going to 
walk through the book of First Peter together. So if you're on the end cap, you got a little job today. We're going to put you to work. You join in the serve team if you're on the end. And so I would just invite you, if there's anybody in your row, would you take that end cap and would you just like, would you serve the people in your row? Would you mind doing that? You're just handing those out. If you want one, you don't have to take one. I would just encourage you to take one if you want one, if you would love to walk through that. It's a summer journal. And so for the next nine weeks, we're going to be walking through this journal together. It's got place for Sunday notes. It's got place for things that we're going to be doing throughout the week that I'll tell you about in just a quick second. But I would just love it if we just honored AB real quick. She designed all that. Come on, give it up for AB. We love you. We're thankful for you, AB. Thank you for doing that. And uh, I'm excited about it. And, and inside of that journal, you'll find just some facts about the book that we're actually going to be studying together. And uh, also, what you'll find in there is a thing. It's an acrostic uh, called soap. All right? I ain't talking about soap, what you use on your body. I'm talking about the acrostic soap that we're going to walk through uh, every single day. You'll be finding some things that are happening online that we're going to walk through this all summer long. And so uh, it's going to be a long summer, but guess what? We ain't giving up in the middle of it, right? We're going to be in it all summer long, this idea of walking through 1 Peter, just chronologically, just verse by verse, going through that together. And we're going to be soaping through that. What that means, it stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. All right? So Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And so what you need to know is that that's just a way that it's really easy for you to study the Bible. Uh, and you don't have to be a biblical scholar to do this, okay? So all you got to do is start with Scripture. So let's just say that we're going to read that first Scripture together. Uh, uh, what would happen is, is a lot of times if I'm soaping through a book or doing something like that, I will write that scripture out. So I would encourage you, spend some time writing that scripture in that section uh, where it says S, scripture. Write that out. Just There's something powerful about writing down scripture. There's something powerful about you and I internalizing those things as we're writing them. So I just say write the verse. Nothing super special about that, but write the verse that you're going to be reading that day and then make an observation about it, all right? So we're talking about just a simple observation. Again, you don't have to be a biblical scholar. You don't have to have like a background in theology or anything like that, but just go through and say, okay, like let's just say you're reading the first verse of 1 Peter. What it's going to see and what we're going to actually talk about today is that Peter is the author, okay? So an observation that you can make from there is, okay, Peter wrote this book, all right? First of all, it's called First Peter. Come on, somebody, right? So, so he wrote the book, and so you can write that down. Just the observation that you can make as you're going through the Scripture to, together uh, and as we're doing that as a church. And then I think one of the most important parts of reading the Bible is not just reading it to read it, but we got to apply it. Come on, somebody, right? we got a lot of people out there that know the Bible, but they don't apply the Bible. And then we're in trouble when we, don't know, when we have all the head knowledge, but we're not walking this thing out, okay? Okay, so I encourage you, write down, hey, how can I apply this verse to my life today, right? So as you're doing that, S-O-A-P, the last thing would be to write out a prayer. I encourage you to write that out. Write a prayer out. Write, it out. write out things that you're specifically praying for and begin to pray for those things, things that you might have almost given up on. But you're going to write those things out. I'm not giving up on this. I'm not giving up on this person. I'm not giving up on that dream. I'm not giving up on that experience that I believe is going to happen. And begin to write those things down. And what will be cool is at the end of summer when you write those things down, and what happens is, is that we're going to do things all summer long. Man, we're continuing to pray for those things. I just believe at the end of the summer there's going to be some people that look back on that thing that they started praying for June, the, whatever today is, June the 6th, and they're going to say, oh, my goodness, can you believe? 
believe that this took place in the last two months of our life. I believe that's going to happen. And so I just want to encourage you to write those things down. Everybody good with that? All right, and if you don't want to do it that way, if that's not kind of your cup of tea and you're going to be on the road a whole lot or you don't like writing a whole lot, I would just encourage you, text the word don't to 270. You don't have to even put apostrophe in it. We ain't even use a proper grammar, all right? Just don't, okay, with no apostrophe. D-O-N-T to the number 270-229-6488. If you don't mind doing that, that would be awesome. Let's, that'll give you a text message every day with that specific thing that we're going to be reading through, and it's going to be a good couple of months. Anybody excited about the next couple of months together? All right, good. Let's jump in together today again. I wanted to start off with a couple of those announcements because I think they're important because what we're going to be doing is going on a journey together. Right over the next couple of weeks, what we're going to be doing is learning together, walking through some things together. And, and I think this is something that uh, this series came from an idea of a pastor friend of ours that, that we look up to a whole lot. And it's a, a church called Voo Church. And they had this thing that honestly in the middle of sometimes when I wanted to give up, there were some things that they were preaching that I was like, okay, I'm with you. I'm following that. And so I just thought I would just bring that to us in this series of Don't Give Up. And so I think it's so important that you and I understand, and all of this comes from that Galatians 6-9 on the inside. Boy, it is bubbling up like a bad diet. I don't even know what to even say right there. That was almost graphic in the church. But like just, just I, it is, it is, I'm so fired up about this series so much because I think there's some things that are going to free us up uh, from things that we put on ourselves, when really they're on, they're, they're for God to take care of and for us to be obedient in the middle of. And so I think even that verse right there, if y'all don't mind putting that back up, that would be awesome. Galatians 6 9. I just love to show this to us really quickly. And again, this is kind of our theme verse. We're going to read it every single week. I hope by the end of this that you memorize it, that you understand it, that God is calling us to do a few things in this verse, but he has some responsibility as well, but he gives us responsibility in the middle of this verse. And so right here, I want you to understand this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up, okay? So there's a couple things in there that I think we need to see that you and I need to understand are our responsibility. And this isn't going to be up on the screen, but I'd love for you to write it down. Our responsibility are two things. I'm going to go to the big screen like Vanna White and point them out, right? So so, so let's, now, sorry camera fam, y'all are awesome. I, Sean's back here switching some stuff and he's, okay, here we go. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. I want you to know something. That's your responsibility is to do good. Okay, once you see that, your responsibility, my responsibility is do what is good, all right? And then we have another responsibility going back to the board here, and it's this. It's the, the series title, Don't Give Up. Somebody shout, don't give up. Don't Somebody give up. shout it like you ain't giving up. Say, don't give up. Don't so your job and my job is to not get tired of doing what is good and don't give up, right? Those are our responsibilities. Then I want you to see something that God has some responsibility in that as well. And this is the idea, is that at just the right time. So you want to know what God's responsibility is? Timing. You want to know what God's responsibility is also in this verse right here? A harvest, right? So, so, so I think so many times in life and so many things that I get mixed up so many times is that I'm thinking the timing is my responsibility. I'm thinking the harvest is my responsibility. But in fact, that's not the case, right? Our responsibility is to do what is good and don't give up, right? That's our responsibility. God's responsibility is the timing and the harvest. And so you and I, we just have to be, just like what we sung just a few minutes ago, we've got to be willing to obey. We've got to be willing to say yes to the things of God and not give up. Somebody shout, don't give up. Don't give up. 
All right, so that's good to shout, but you're probably wondering, okay, how do we do that? Like, how do we do that? That's where 1 Peter comes in, right? That's where this book, <coughs> excuse me, comes in that we're going to study together. And I'm excited about it. I can't wait to roll down through it. Uh, I, I'm so excited about it. I want you to know that, you know, so many times in life, we think it's all about the harvest. We think it's all about the winning. We think it's all about that. But oftentimes what you and I need to know is that it's oftentimes about just not giving up. I don't know about you. Maybe it's the marriage. Maybe it's the friendship. Maybe it's the job. It's not always going to be peachy. It's not always going to be perfect. And it doesn't always have to win necessarily. But a lot of times it's about not giving up in the middle of it, right? Yes, you and I are more than conquerors because of Jesus. Yes, we are winners because of Jesus. But a lot of times God is calling us to stand our ground, to not back up, to not give in, and definitely do not give up. And I just came to share something with some people in here today And this idea, maybe you're watching online, I want you to know that it's always the darkest right before the dawn. Right, it's always the darkest before the dawn. You may think that your life, it's over, that relationship is over, that marriage is over, that job possibility, that dream on the inside is over. But I would just encourage you to stick with it, to stay with it. Don't back down. Stand your ground. Stand firm on the word of God and don't give up. Don't give up. Oftentimes life is about just not giving up. And again, how do we learn that? How are we going to know that? We're going to find out in 1 Peter. We're going to find out together in this book as we open it up and as we walk through it over the next couple of weeks together. So we're going to do that right now. If everybody's ready, y'all good? Yeah. Everybody good? If you ready, say, I'm ready. Yeah. All right, so 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, we're going to start there. All right, that's the first verse. We're going to just start right at the very beginning. We're going to walk down through it together. This is what the Bible says, and this is what Peter is writing to us. I'm going to get my Bible open. I'm reading from the NLT version, so that's what's going to be up here on the screen behind me. It's what my Bible is right here. I'm going to read it to you. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, and this is what it says. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he tells this, <coughs> excuse me, I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Come on, somebody. I got all them right right then. Come on. All right, good. God the Father knew and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. Watch what it says. As a result of you being born again, being remade, being made holy, right? You have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. And I just think it's important that we stop right there. The first two verses have a lot of stuff that we can roll down through together, all right? First two verses have a lot of con- uh, text. I think we got to get the context behind it, right? Got to get kind of the, the surrounding things that are going on. You need to know, first of all, who wrote this letter, right? We, I think we all can agree and we all can, can know from that very first verse that Peter wrote the letter. Who wrote the letter? Peter. Right? I think there's a few things we need to know. The author, the audience, and what's the purpose of this letter? Right? Why is he writing it? Who is he writing it to and who wrote it? So I think you need to write down the author of this book that we're going to be studying together. Is this guy named Peter? And right off the bat, I just want you to know that that may not fire you up. But for me, that kind of fires me up. Because if there's anybody else in the Bible that I can really relate with, it's this dude named Peter. Right? You know why? He's known as the cussing disciple. All right? 
That's what he is. He's known as the cussing disciple, okay? Like, like, like the, hey, Peter has some really high highs, and he has some really low lows. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Right? Anybody ever been there? Hey, Peter has some faith-filled moments, and he has some real faithless moments, okay? Like, like literally the faith-filled best day moments are like, okay, I'm going to walk on water. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do that. But on his worst day, on those faithless moments, guess what he was doing? He was cussing out a little 12-year-old girl saying, I don't know Jesus, Right on his best day, he was the leader of the church speaking to thousands of people on the day of Pentecost. But on his worst day, guess what was happening? Peter himself was, was called by Jesus, okay, I want you to know this, by Jesus, he was called, hey, get thee behind me, Satan. Okay, so when Jesus replaces your name with Satan, that's a bad day, okay? Can we just agree on that together? That's a bad day for anybody that's happening, okay? And so we need to understand that, that that's going on, that that's taking place. This is Peter that we're talking about, and we're going to read the letter that Peter wrote to the church that he's writing, and we'll talk about that, who that is in a second. But I love Peter so much, and what that should do for us just right out the get-go as we start studying this, is that should give us so much hope. You know why? Because if God can use Peter, guess what? God can use you. If God can use Peter, guess what? God can choose me and use me. And that's good news for us in this place. That's good news for us to start with as we open this book. So we got to know that Peter's the author. Then you got to know who the audience is. Who's Peter writing to? Well, Peter's actually writing to a couple of different places that we just read. Just a few minutes ago, we read about Pontius and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia. I'm just impressed I got through those five again. Come on, somebody, right? <coughs> I just think that we got to understand who is Peter writing this to, and he's writing it to a couple of people, a couple of churches that are in that Asia Minor area, which is kind of modern-day Turkey right now. I think we need to understand that. We need to get that. And, and what you need to know is that at this time, there was this organization, not really organization, an empire that was on the rise that was making its presence known, and it's the Roman Empire, right? We've, we, heard, we hear about that. We know about that. But the Roman Empire was a huge geographical area. And what they did, they took over all kinds of places, and they were a powerhouse when it came to culture and when it came to different ideologies and all these different things that are going on in the world, these different theologies behind who God was or who the real God was. And the Roman Empire, though, at this very moment when Peter is writing this letter to them, is actually imploding from the inside out. They're like they're having this is such a geographically spread area, so wide and so far that what is happening is the roots are starting to erode, and from the inside out, the Roman Empire is starting to collapse. Does that sound anything like what we're going through a little bit with America today? Okay, so like again, it's good for us to study this right now in this time because of what's going on. I think we need to understand that. So what is Peter doing? He's writing to the church, these people that are followers of the way. They're not even known as Christians yet. They're called followers of the way, being Jesus. And they are following Jesus and the things that Jesus said and the things that Jesus did. And what's happening is, and what you need to understand why this means so much to us, is because all of this culture, this Roman culture, and all these ideologies and theologies are pulling at the Christians, are pulling at the followers of the way, saying, hey, Come over here and do what we're doing. Come over here and follow what we're saying. Follow what we think to be is true. 
And Peter is writing to these churches, the people that are there, saying, you know what? Listen, no, 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 no. Don't give up. Don't, don't, don't obey anything else other than King Jesus. I had an eyewitness account to the life and the ministry of Jesus. I saw him do incredible things, and guess what? I'm writing to you to encourage you. I'm writing to you. That's kind of, I'm, I'm jumping a little bit ahead. That was the audience. The purpose is that Peter is writing to the church to encourage them. If you look at verse 3, he writes to them, and he says this, all praise. No, verse 2, I'm so sorry. Uh, he says this, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit made you holy, and as a result, you've obeyed him. So continue to obey him is pretty much what he's saying. Right, you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. May God give you more and more grace and peace. And so the purpose of Peter's writing is Peter is telling these people, hey, continue to obey. Continue to follow the way. Continue to stay the course. Continue to keep going and do not give up, right? That's what Peter's writing to these people right here. I think it's pretty relevant for what we're going through in life. I think it's pretty relevant for where you and I are in today's culture. And I think what's so important that we understand, and even as we were singing about obedience earlier and just obeying God, wherever it takes me, God, where the wind blows where you send me, so will I. Right, I'm going to obey you wherever you send me, wherever you call me to go. I think it's obedience, and it's easy to be uh, obedient when we know that a blessing is on the other side, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like hey, anybody that's got kids knows what I'm talking about, right? It's easy for our kids whenever we say, hey, go clean your room, and you'll get something for that. It's easy for them to go and do that in that moment. It's hard to be obedient when you know that the blessing is not right on the other side. Come on, somebody, right? I think we got to understand that. And what Peter is writing to them and what he's writing to this church at this time is he's telling them, hey guys, I want you to know that just because I'm telling you to follow Jesus doesn't mean it's always going to be good. Doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's always going to be hunky-dory, that there's going to be rainbows and puking unicorns and like all that stuff. Like that ain't what I'm telling you. That I'm telling you though, be obedient even if it leads to suffering. Be obedient even if it leads to hard things. Be obedient even if it leads to pain. That's what he's writing about. That's what he's trying to tell this church that I think we can learn from. And so my question is for us, are you and I going to continue to follow Jesus, continue to be obedient to Jesus and to not give up? I think over the next few weeks we're going to talk about that together, all right? I think that's something we're going to walk through. And what Peter is writing to this church, and I believe he's writing it even to us because the Bible is living and active, and God can use it to speak to us just as much as he could back then, speak to the people then. I believe that with all of my heart. And guess what happens? Peter's also encouraging you and I, don't give up. Right, don't give up, don't give in, don't back down. And this is what I want you to write down. What you're going through can be difficult. <coughs> Excuse me. I want you to know that I'm not trying to make light of anything that you're going through in your life right now. I know there are challenges. I know there are things going on. I know there are unthe unseen things that people see that they can never, you can never describe to them. But I want you to know that, hey, it can be difficult, the things that you're going through, what we're going through can be difficult. But also we need to know is how we're going through it can make it even more difficult or easier. I'll just tell you. Right, I, that's that, the few people got that right then. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you again: what we're going through can be difficult, but how we're going through it can make it even more difficult. Or I didn't even put that up there, or easier, or a little bit more easier to bear. Let me say that. 
I think about this. Just a few weeks ago, I had an opportunity to go uh, down to South Carolina and, and, and hang out with a couple of pastors. And one of my pastors, Pastor Joel, it was here a few weeks ago, did a great job. I'm so thankful for how well he served our church, and we got a chance to go. And uh, your boy doesn't travel very often, right? I don't travel. I don't get on no planes. I was a nervous wreck. I was like, y'all, he had a video of me. It looked like I had ants in my pants. Y'all think I'm nervous up here? Imagine me getting on a bird that's flying 40,000 feet in the air. I don't like it, okay? I was nervous. I was freaking out. I was just like, oh, my gosh, you're recording our last video. You're going to be the last person I see ever, like, in life. Like, I really wanted to be my wife on my deathbed, but I'm going to see your ugly mug before this thing goes down, right? That's just, <coughs> excuse me, let me just get a drink of water. Everybody okay? Five-second commercial break. Okay. Y'all are really wondering what happened on this plane, aren't you? The suspense is killing you. Yes, I got it. Okay, so so I want you to know I got on the, I, like we were getting ready to leave. And, and, and again, I don't travel very often unless it's with Allie, right, our family. And uh, so all of, I'll just tell you, I had a hard time picking out some luggage. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't have anything but flowers and pink in my house. You know, like that's the only kind of luggage that we had that had wheels. And so what I decided was like, okay, I got a couple bags. I'll just take these bags with me. So if y'all don't mind, a couple bags right there. You mind that right there, Jake, please? Oh, thank you, Mal. Okay, these are my bags. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate that. Uh, so these are the bags that your boy decided I was going to carry on the airplane, okay? So I decided, okay, I'm going I'm to go ahead and get, I got even my, my BNA, my, my by Nashville Airport, whatever it is, still on there, right? So I remember I was, I, I don't know, we parked in Timbuktu to where we parked to walk in, Okay. I never travel. I don't know what's going on. I ain't got no idea. But I remember uh, walking down through there, and I remember having both bags. I got shoes galore in here. I carry more clothes than a woman does going on a trip, right? And I remember walking down through there. This thing is weighing me down. I'm like, what in the world? I'm trying to throw it over my shoulder. I'm whacking people in the head. I'm doing all that kind of stuff, right? This is like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Didn't mean to hit you. I'm very sorry walking by and bumping people and all this stuff. Well, finally what happened, and I'm so thankful for it, is that I decided to get a little smarter and I decided to carry one bag in each hand. Come on, who'd have thought that would be the thing, you know? But I decided to go ahead and carry one bag in each hand. And I just got to thinking about that as I was thinking about this series and I was thinking about what you and I go through a lot of times. What I was thinking was this idea of what we're carrying might be difficult, but even if you have the other, even if you've got the other strap, all right? What we might be carrying might be difficult, but how we're carrying it can make it even more difficult or it can make it a little easier. And I just think there's some things from Scripture that Peter wants to challenge you and I. That guess what? When you're obedient and when it leads to pain, when it leads to suffering, when it leads to other things like that, there's a couple bags that you need to be carrying. And the two bags that I think that you and I need to be focused on as we're walking through life, as we're going through pain, as we're going through trials and struggles and suffering, number one is this. The bag you need to focus on is hope. You need to carry that pain with some hope. Somebody shout hope. hope. Somebody shout hope. hope. I love that. You got to focus on the hope. And what I want you to understand is look at verse 3 of 1 Peter chapter 1. He tells us this. All praise to God the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy. Right away, let's just pause right there. 
All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What if we woke up every single day with that on our lips? What if we woke up every single day? Another version says, blessed be the God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What if we woke up every day and we said, you know what? I'm not looking for a blessing today. I'm looking, God, for how can I bless you? How can I go out there and make a difference for you? All praise be to God of our Lord Jesus Christ. What if we woke up with that attitude? I believe our days would look different. I believe that our churches would look different. I believe that our families might look different if we did that. Okay, here we go. It is by his great mercy. Somebody shout mercy. mercy. <clears throat> Once you know what mercy is, and maybe you've heard it, you know kind of what mercy is. Mercy is getting something or, or not getting what you and I deserve. Right? That's what mercy is. Mercy is not getting what I actually deserved. And what, what's Peter telling us? You know what? It's by his great mercy that you and I have been born again. What's that a picture of? That's a picture of salvation, right? being born again. And what Peter's doing, he's just piggybacking off of Jesus. And what Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus uh, in, in John chapter 3, and he's telling him, hey, you know what? How, you can, uh, how can I inherit eternal life? And he says, you know what? You have to be born again. He's like, whoa, 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 I'm old. How can that happen? So, so what Peter is doing is piggybacking off of Jesus, and he's telling us, you know what? That you and I have to be born again. That you and I, salvation is like being born again. When I give my life to Jesus, I get a brand new start, I get a brand new life, I get a brand new way of thinking, I get a brand new birth. Come on, somebody, right? That's what salvation looks like. Then he goes on to keep going, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I want us to understand something really quick, is that our faith hinges on those words right there. You know that, that the Christian faith hinges, hinges on God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Because the Bible even tells us that if Jesus Christ was still dead, our faith is useless. But how many of y'all know, and if I had a little B3 organ boy right now, I'd be just preaching because y'all be shouting. Because how many of you know that because Jesus is alive, guess what? That changes everything. It's Jesus over everything. We have hope and we can focus on hope even in the midst of pain. Watch what Peter even says right here. Now, guess what we do? We live with great expectation. You know what great expectation is? Hope. Somebody shout hope. hope. It's hope. That's what it is. And look, we're just going through the Bible. Isn't this fun? Just going right verse, verse by verse through the Bible. This love what the Bible can tell us and teach us. And I'll just tell you again, that this idea of salvation and this idea of, of only happening uh, because of what Jesus has done, N.T. Wright was this great theologian, and he said this, becoming a Christian means that what God did for Jesus at Easter, he does for you in the very depths of your soul, in the very depths of your being. Isn't that incredible that this person was dead before Jesus, but because of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, that Jesus' resurrection is my resurrection. And now you know what we do? We live with great expectation, or another word for that, hope. We live with great expectation. We, with, we live with hope for tomorrow. We live with hope that no matter what comes our way, that no matter what comes against us, that I have hope because Jesus Christ is alive. Is there anybody thankful that Jesus Christ is alive? Come on, let's give him a shout of praise in this place. And what that means is a living God, you know what it means for you and I? A living hope. 
is that every single day you and I can walk around, no matter what we face, and it's easy for us to say it when we don't have anything going on, hard for us to say it when we have a lot going on. Hard for us to say it, hard for us to obey, hard for us to not give up when everything around us is pushing in, just like what Peter's writing to these people. But he's saying, hey, don't give up, don't do that. Hope is essential for survival. And the reason why you and I can have hope is because Jesus is alive. And Stephen sang it last week in the second service. If you missed it, your boy's about to sing it right now. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. Can we edit this out? Because I stink at singing. All fear is gone. Come on, let's sing it together. Because I know. Come on, keep going. And life is worth I love that. I love that. That's all the church people in the house that just sang that right then, right? Because he lives, guess what? We can face tomorrow. Because Jesus lives, I serve a living God. I can have living hope on this earth right now. And no matter what I face, no matter what comes up against me, no matter what I have to carry, guess what? I serve a God that is alive and he's well. And we have the opportunity to walk through whatever we walk through, carrying the bag of hope. Somebody shout hope. Hope, I love that. This is what the Bible keeps on going and saying in 1 Peter 4, 1, verse 4. For we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Not from you, for you. Right? I love that about God is that he is not a, he's not a stingy God. Right? He, is not sting, he, is, he has a place and an inheritance uh, kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through, though your faith, through your faith, excuse me, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day. And that's where the title of today's message comes from, even. I didn't even tell you the title of it because it didn't show up till about right there. Because in my Bible, the header that I want to just read to you is that we can have hope for eternal life even. Right? Not only do we have living hope right now, but we can have hope for eternal life, that we have an inheritance that's waiting for us. That's not by anything that we've earned. An inheritance is not by earning. An inheritance is a birthright, right? Which means, you know what? Because I'm a son, I get what my father had, right? And so because you're a son or a daughter, not by, not by worth to God, but by birth, rebirth in Jesus, right? That you and I have an inheritance. That you and I, we can't earn this. It's not something that we can achieve, Jesus. We have to receive Jesus. And when we do, not only do we have a living hope for today, but we can have a hope for eternal life. Is anybody thankful? Because that's the God that we serve. He has an inheritance for you, not holding it from you. All right, I know life can get heavy. I know life can get uncomfortable. I know life can be painful. And Kyle, if you don't mind coming up, that would be awesome. Y'all give it up for Kyle as he's coming up here on this stage right now. Didn't he do a great job last week speaking? Come on, somebody. Wouldn't you like to hear, wouldn't you like to hear Kyle again, maybe say August the 8th on a Sunday, preach the entire time? Well, that's about to happen. So y'all come on back in August. Not, not, don't not come back till August, but August 8th, he's going to be preaching that Sunday. I can't wait. It's going to be great. But I'll just tell you, life can get heavy, right? Life can be heavy. And this is what I know is that when, when life 
weighs you down, watch this, hope builds you up. Right? Life can get heavy. We all know that. We all feel that. We all sense that. We all walk through that. But when life gets heavy, hope is what builds you up. I think about it just a few weeks ago, Allie and I and the kids, we took all four kids to Patty's. Great decision, right? We were like, oh my gosh, they put us in the kids section because of me, not the kids, okay? And uh, some of y'all got that, some of you didn't, okay. But, but we were there, and they had this little outdoor little area, this little seesaw out there, right? And I remember going out there, and Conley, she jumped on one side, and it just, what, what did it do? Boom, all the way down to the ground, right? It fall all the way to the ground. She hit her butt. She's like, oh, my goodness. And then she asked me, she said, Daddy, jump on the other side. Why don't you go ahead and get on the other side? I'm like, you sure? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. What happened when Dad jumped on the other side? She went through the roof, all right? She jumped. She done out the playground, okay? But you know what that got me thinking about? That got me thinking about life. And it got me thinking about the hope that we can have in Jesus Christ. And that life may weigh you down. Life may pull you down like Conley was on that one side by herself. But you know what I've learned and you know what I've experienced over the lifetime of trying to follow Jesus as best as I can? You know what I've experienced after heartache and pain and struggle and all of those things is that, you know, when life weighs you down, did you know that the hope of God far outweighs the weight of this world? Did you know that, guess what, when the, when the hope of God sits on the other side, that life may weigh you down, but when God's hope sits down on the other side, it's the very thing that can build you up. Did you know that? That that's the God that we serve, that the world weighs you down with pain and struggle and fear and anxiety, but the abundant hope that God provides comes down, and what's it do? It begins to lift you up. And what I've found is that God's grace far outweighs my pain, that God's mercy far outweighs my current struggle, that God's hope far outweighs my heartache. Is there anybody thankful for that kind of God that we serve? Come on, give them a shout of praise in this place. You're going to go through some life? Guess what? You got to have one hand on some hope. And guess what you got to have? You got to have your other hand on some purpose. So you may be going through pain. You know what you got to do? Give us a purpose. You may be walking through a tough time. You got to give us some purpose. You may be, you may be in the middle of a struggle right now. You know what you got to do? You got to walk through life with some hope. You got to walk through life with some purpose. Give us some purpose. This is what the Bible says in verse 6, and this is what A.B. read on stage earlier. She just said this, so be truly glad. Somebody say, ha, ha. All right, that's what you're to do when tough things enter your life, when things are going on that aren't exactly what. Be truly glad, not sarcastic glad, truly glad, right? Truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for just a little while. And I think that little while is a lifetime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The more I go through life, the more I'm like, okay, I thought that was going to be a season. Okay, that's still going on. You know, like still struggling, still walking through things. I think for a little while, maybe this lifetime, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong, a.k.a. when you don't give up, 
Right? When your faith remains strong through many trials, when you don't give up, you don't give in, you don't back down in the midst of all of that, guess what? It will bring you much praise, glory, and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. What's Peter saying? Peter is saying that, yes, you're going to go through trials. Yes, you're going to have hardships. Yes, there's going to be some things that go on. But you know what you got to do in the middle of it? you got to make a decision to go through it with joy. you got to make a decision to go through it. You know what? I'm going through this. I may not have picked it. I may not have selected it. But I know if it's gotten to me, it's sifted through the hands of God. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put some purpose on it. That, yeah, you know what? This trial, what it's doing, what did Peter say? It's like gold being refined. You know what that sounds like? Is that the heat has to to be warmed up. When gold is found in the ground and it's mined out or in the a, in a water somewhere, when they mine out gold, what do they do? They put it in this huge pot and the next thing you know is they turn up the heat. You know what happens? They turn up the heat a little bit more. You know what happens? They turn up the heat a little more. Then what goes on? The, all those impurities, those infirmities, those nasty things, that dirt that's on the inside of those things, what begins to happen is that stuff begins to float to the top. And they scrape that stuff off. And they do it. And they turn it up hotter. And they scrape it off. And they turn it up hotter. And they scrape. It's called dross. And they scrape off that dross. And they get rid of it. And it says... And they say that the goldsmith will do that as long as it takes until he can see his perfect reflection in the gold. Come on, somebody. You know what's happening right now? The trial that you're going through, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a warming up phase. It's a heating up phase. You know why? Because your trial has a purpose. Your pain has a purpose. And guess what? By the end of that, you know what the goal is? Is for the master to be able to look inside of your life and say, you know what? I see a perfect reflection of me in that person. Give your trial some purpose. Give it some purpose. Give your pain some purpose. Because this is what I know is that trials expose the roots of who we really are. Right? And what happens is God is saying, you know what? There's some things I'm going to have to get out of you. There's some things I'm going to have to mine out of you, change about you. I'm going to have to get rid of those things. And you're going to have to follow me. And I want to see my perfect reflection in you. I'm going to have to turn the heat up. But it's going to expose who you really are. And I'm gonna, I want to change you. I want to change your life. I want to I grow you through that. Trials refine our character but define our calling, right? That's what happens while we're walking through pain, while we're walking through struggle. Like, don't just go through it when we grow through it, right? Why, why, why don't we give us some purpose, that my pain has purpose, my character's being refined. You can't see it now. You can tell somebody you can't see it now, but I'm getting stronger. God is changing me. God is molding me. God is creating something different in me. He wants to see his perfect reflection in me. The Bible goes on to say in verse 8, i got to hurry. You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. And the reward for trusting him will be salvation for your soul. Though you can't see him, guess what? You know he's still working. Though you can't see the hand. Like, woo, man, just what we sung earlier. Uh, you know what we see? We see the mountain. You know what God sees? He sees the mountain moved. You know what happens in the middle of that? God's changing you. God's increasing your faith in him. God's getting the things of you and I out and putting the things of himself in. But we got to recognize that. And we got to be willing to say, you know what, God? I'll obey you. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to back down. I'm willing to stay the course, stay the fight, and not give 
up. Is there anybody that's thankful for the Word of God? Is there anybody that's in this room that's saying, you know what, I'm deciding right now, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I say that Peter and Paul, i got to hurry really quickly. we got baptism to celebrate here in just a second. Y'all, that's going to be fun, right? i to hurry real quick. But Peter and Paul, they say they were in, theologians believe they were in prison at the same time as 1 Peter's being written and some other letters to other churches that Paul's writing. They're in prison, y'all. You know what I'm talking about? Not, not, not because they did something bad, because they believed in Jesus. They're in prison for their faith. And, and if you know anything about this book or about Peter, Peter's known as the apostle of hope. You know, I told you we got to have some hope that we walk through life with. You know what Peter's known for? He's known for his hope. He's the apostle of hope. You know what Paul's known for? The apostle of faith or the apostle of purpose. You know what we got to do? I think we can look to the writings of both Peter and Paul and understand that life's not going to be perfect all the time. But if we will carry the pain that we have with some hope and we'll carry it with some purpose, that God can do anything with us if we don't give up. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. And I'm done after I preach this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. You know what that means? Don't give up. Somebody shout, don't give up. Don't give up. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So you know what? We're going to fix our eyes on what is not, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. I just had the feeling I need to share that with you, that you don't know. You think that your life and what God is allowing to get to you again, as I said just a few minutes ago, first of all, it had to sift through the fingers of God before it ever touched your life. And I just want you to know God wants to use your story. God wants to use the grace that he has shown you to make a difference in the life of other people. God wants to use you to make a difference wherever you might go, that that the blessing of a harvest is coming at just the right time. But you and I have a responsibility. Keep doing good. And guess what? Don't give up. Don't give up. Tap your neighbor. Say, don't give up. Tap your neighbor. Say, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to talk to you for just a second. As we just said earlier, what the scripture just opens up right there is this idea of being born again. And I'll just tell you that that is salvation in itself. That born again, that, that thought of being born again is a decision that you have to make. And I think that there's some things in there that we need to look at and we will look at over the next couple weeks together. But I'll just tell you that the, the decision for you to say yes to a relationship with Jesus is the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life. And I'm so excited that you're in this room or watching online and maybe you're watching and you say, you know what, I need a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're here and you say, I need a relationship with Jesus. That you're not going to be able to walk through life with hope and purpose without Jesus on the inside. That's the only way that you can go through this life and still have hope in the midst of trial, still have purpose in the midst of pain. You're here. And I just, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm glad you didn't give up. I'm glad you're here. And, and just know that even while you were sinning, even while I was sinning, the Bible says that Christ died for us. That even when we wanted nothing to do with him, that he wanted everything to do with us. And we didn't have to go find God. God found us. He gave his life for us. He began pursuing us by relationship, by way of Jesus Christ dying on a cross. And the Bible says that if you and I will put our faith and trust in Jesus, that if we will acknowledge him, 
If we'll say yes to him, if we believe that Jesus was crucified and believe that he was raised from the dead, the Bible says that we will be saved. If you ask for forgiveness, that he is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. Maybe that's you and you need to say yes to a relationship with Jesus today. Would you pray something like this? Would you just say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Save me. God, thank you for for dying on a cross for me. Thank you for not staying dead, but thank you for getting out of the grave so that I can have a living hope that I walk in every single day here on this earth. God, thank you for salvation. Thank you for forgiveness. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're watching online and you just prayed to receive Jesus. I just want to tell you where it hurts that celebrates that. Right now, church, can we put our hands together just celebrating the fact that some salvation happened, whether it's online or in this room or on the podcast three weeks from now, but that salvation took place. And now we want to be a good church that follows up with you, not just as you make the decision and just see you later. We want to be a church that starts a relationship with you and, and has a conversation with you and celebrates with you, and we would love to do that. If you don't mind, would you, if you're in this room, would you stand to your feet and make your way to a wall? We've got some incredible prayer team people that are over on the side, and our team's going to be moving, so you're not the only one moving. Not the only one moving right now. I love that. I love that. And if you're watching online and listening on podcasts, if you could just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. That would be awesome. Let's us know you made a decision. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, come on, church, why don't you lift your head up right now, and why don't you stand to your feet? Can we give God a big ovation of worship right now in this place? Come on, let's give it up for King Jesus in this place. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to OurPurpose.Church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.